Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus. Built with the zero landfill promise, all waste is recycled or reused with more at PrestigeSubaru.com. RomanticAsheville.com. Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting RomanticAsheville.com. Nest Realty and Realtor Janet Oppenheimer. A senior resource specialist, Janet serves the Asheville, North Carolina area. Visit nestrealty.com and look for your trusted mountain community advisor, Janet Oppenheimer. And by Asheville Farms. Unlock the potential CBD has in your life with Western North Carolina's premier supplier of high-quality hemp and CBD products. Visit our store at 28 North Lexington Avenue in Asheville and by visiting AshevilleHempFarmsNC.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and on all your favorite podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app, Buzzsprout, Pandora, Amazon, and iTunes. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news, helpful tips, and links to stories from people who love all things food and travel. Well, my guest today is Josh Jung. He's based out of Montreal. He's a freelance writer, and he also works in operations at an insurance firm. Well, in January, I read this article that Josh had written about going to Uzbekistan and that he could pass for a local and why sometimes it's better to stand out as a tourist. Well, that just got me thinking, like, what what is that all about? And Josh, I am so happy to finally have you here on Speaking of Travel so we could talk about this. I'm very happy to be here, Marilyn. Thank you. So, Josh, you're a, a freelance writer. You write, tr- yes. you write for travel and tourism publications. What's your deal? Basically, so um, my full-time job is still uh, at an insurance firm. Uh, so that's most, most of my day. Uh, but I started freelancing a few years ago um, when basically uh, work from home. Uh, I had a lot of free time and uh, writing was always a passion of mine. So I wanted to dabble in it a bit and uh, I was pretty good, and I was able to monetize it and kind of uh, pick it up a bit more and more. Uh, the article that you're referring to is actually 
uh, my first publication in kind of a major uh, U.S. publication. So uh, I was quite happy that you picked it up. And uh, yeah, I'd love to, uh, to talk to you more about it. Well, you know, I live in North Carolina, in Asheville, North Carolina, and there was this article in the Sunday travel section from you. And I'm like, who is this guy? So I went and did a little research, and and that's when I started contacting you to be a guest here. The way that you wrote that article, Josh, was it was just contrary to anything that I'd ever really thought about in regard to travel. So give us a little idea of your backstory, for one thing, and how being a local, being looked at as a local or a tourist would even be something that you would uh, write about. Yeah, so it, it really was a, a true experience that, that I had. I've, I've traveled for many years. I've been to many, many places. And I think I've shared the, uh, the common experience that most travelers coming from the West have is you stand out right away. The moment you step out of that plane, you're outed as uh, the American, the Canadian, uh, as a tourist. Even uh, myself, uh, I'm uh, East Asian. Uh, by uh, by descent, uh, but even when I go to Southeast Asia, Vietnam, Thailand, uh, even my home country, they can just tell uh, by the way you dress, by the way you walk, um, it's different. Uh, and that kind of leads you to a certain path of experiences, experiences reserved for tourists. So that is you know, in the way that people interact with you and the kind of experiences that you have with locals, um, in the the restaurants, the, uh, the amenities that you're given, uh, it really is tailored to tourism. When you know when they know you're not from there, so uh, I was expecting much of the same when I went to Uzbekistan. But uh, what really inspired me to write this piece was that uh, my experience there was actually quite different. And uh, the reason was, little did I know, there's a large uh, Korean diaspora in Uzbekistan, close to about almost 200,000 Koreans, uh, I think, uh, are in Central Asia. But the majority of them being in Uzbekistan. And uh, lo and behold, myself being Korean, I stepped out of the plane. There were people that looked like me. Uh, there were shops that uh, looked like right from where I was back home. Uh, and when I walked the streets, uh, people looked like me, walked like me, dressed like me, uh, even talked my language, uh, my native tongue. Uh, so uh, it really shaped the experience that I had in that, uh, in that way. So how did you feel? Did you feel like you were at home or did you feel like, whoa, look at this. Here's a little something different that I haven't experienced when I was traveling. What was kind of going on in your mind? Yeah, so uh, I myself did not feel like I was at home, but uh, I got the impression that people there thought that I was from there. So I was totally prepared. You know, I did research uh, on Uzbekistan before. It's not a very well-traveled place uh, right now. It's not very popular among tourists, but it's picking up. So I was able to find tidbits, you know, like, and, you know, you, you get the, the the traditional travel tips, you know, like, you know, uh, uh, don't don't flash large bills. Don't don't dress. Uh, you know, like uh, like you have money. Keep your jewelry uh, at home. Things like that. Uh, so I was fully prepared. To, you know, to be accosted on the street, like I was used to, to be uh, ripped off by taxi drivers. You know, uh, and all that, and get the, the foreigner menu at restaurants with different prices and in, in U.S. dollars. I was totally prepared for all that. It's part of the course for travel, uh, for for all the good and bad that it is. But you know, my experience was totally not like that because. I think they thought that I was one of them. I, I, I walked, nobody bothered me on the street. Uh, I just got friendly nods. You know, I was given the, uh, the, the menu at restaurants in the local language and the local currency, uh, while people that I saw in the other restaurant, on the other side of the restaurant, were given English language menus. Uh, and that really, well, that was very interesting. I was not prepared for that, number one, because I'm not actually a local. I am very much a Western Asian traveler. 
who did not speak or read Russian. So uh, that was definitely that was definitely an eye-opening experience. Uh, one really uh, one standout experience that I had was uh, uh, going to museums uh, and getting uh, prices for the locals there, uh, which is a lot cheaper uh, than what foreigners uh, are charged. Uh, I traveled with uh, with a German friend through much of Uzbekistan and. Uh, he would be given uh, much inflated of a prices at, uh, at venues at turnstiles, uh, where I was able to get by on the local price. And uh, that's one good thing in terms of money savings, of course. But uh, there's, of course, there's, of course, the flip side. And that's kind of what the article goes into, where uh, a lot of the magic and a lot of the, uh, the experience that people take home in travel is the connection that you have with locals. Uh, locals absolutely love, you know, if they're proud of their country, like the Uzbeks are. They love uh, showing off, you know, all the great things about their country. They they want to take you around. They want to show you all the good things. They want to give you the best of their produce uh, at markets. They want to give you the best seats at restaurants. And that was an experience that uh, I unfortunately missed out on a lot uh, just because uh, I, I did not look like I, I, I was a tourist. So there's, there's a flip side and a duality to all that. Uh, but yes. It's fascinating when you think about it that you went to a country where you were thought of more of a local and you were really able to get the local experience to (laughs) upteenth degree. And yet you kind of were missing out on being the tourist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What, what makes tourism fun? Uh, You know, uh, that, that connection that you have uh, uh, with the local people who, like I said, they, they, they're very proud. They want to show you the best of the best that they got. And they really reserve that for the tourists. For example, uh, going to uh, we went to a rooftop restaurant in Khiba, which is one of the ancient uh, cities in Uzbekistan, and they had a sec- they had a section of that restaurant specifically reserved for tourists, where you had a really great view of the sunset. And the locals would be put on another side of the restaurant, uh, still a good view, but not the best view. And you know uh, that's just one thing where you don't really think about where people when they travel they want to do as much as they can to blend into. Uh, stave off the unwanted attention that tourists might get. But uh, in the same vein, you also missed out on that wanted attention. People take that extra care to really show you the best that they have to offer in that in that town. So that, that was definitely a duality of the experience that I had. Well, Josh, when we come back from the break, I want to talk more about why you even picked going there and some of your other travels, because you really have quite a range of traveling over time. And I just want to give a shout out to your photography is fabulous. It's like, (laughs) it's really great. So when we come back, we'll pick up there, talk more about travel. I would love to talk to you about some of the other places where you've visited and some of the takeaways from just the experience of being there. Looking forward to it. Great. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. I'm here with Josh Jung. He's based out of Montreal. We're talking travel, what it's like being being mistaken maybe as a local when you're really a tourist and the, the pros and cons. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Traveling. 
Going to new places is good for everybody, but sometimes travel can be challenging. The good news is there are products available that can put your traveling concerns at ease. Unlock the potential CBD has in your life with Western North Carolina's premier supplier of high-quality hemp and CBD products. Visit our store at 28 North Lexington Avenue in Asheville and by visiting AshevilleHempFarmsNC.com. Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars And let me see what spring is like On Jupiter and Mars In other words Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. And I'm here today with my guest, Josh Jung. He is based out of Montreal. He's a freelance writer. Josh, give us a little backstory about about yourself as far as like what it was like for you when you were a kid. Were you traveling as a child? What was it like for you? No, I mean, I had a very uh, uh, normal upbringing. Uh, We went on family trips. Uh, but nothing too extravagant. Uh, it, it was really only when I turned 18 that I really started to travel out on my own. Uh, I would say the reason for it is uh, I always want to know what life is like uh, outside of uh, the U.S. and Canada. I spent most of my childhood uh, in North America, U.S., Canada, family, uh, mainly all over uh, North America. So uh, I was just very curious uh, as a kid and uh, growing up, I was able to indulge in it. I had the privilege, uh, you know, to travel, uh, to pay for air, airfare, to get out and uh, backpack around and see a lot of different cultures, different countries, meet a lot of different people. And uh, it really was a privilege, a privilege of my life to be able to do that. But the, the root cause was always me wanting to explore other cultures that were much different than my own growing up. Well, where did you go first? I'm curious. Like, what was your first, like, okay, I'm ready to go? My, my very first trip uh, alone uh, was to India. Uh, I traveled North India, uh, backpacking uh, North India, uh, landed in Mumbai, and then it was, it was very hot in Mumbai. So uh, the, the very first thing I did was actually ask my hotel receptionist where, where currently uh, it was the coldest in India at that time. And he pointed me straight up north. So that's where I went. Uh, and I had a wonderful time. Uh, I stayed along the, the Himalayas, uh, the border between uh, India, Pakistan, India, uh, Tibet, uh, was where I was mostly, where the temperatures were more uh, amenable to me coming from uh, Canada. And, and you know, when, when, when I say I was looking for cultures different than my own, I don't think it could get any more different than North India. Uh, it, but it was an amazing experience. And what really, what really draws me to travel continuously is, is, is the fact that there are so many different cultures and uh, ways of life out there. But uh, what I realized is that people are the same uh, wherever you go. You know, at, at their root, people are the same. Uh, you know, you, it's, uh, the good and the bad. Uh, people just want the same thing. People want to live their lives. Uh, they, they do so under different kind of cultures and ways of life. But, uh, you know, just having met so many different kinds of people uh, on my travels, uh, that's one thing I can definitely come on take away with that people are the same. And uh, I think that really helps bring an understanding uh, and uh, an empathy uh, towards your fellow man uh, when uh, when you do have those kind of experiences. And for you, it seems that you've really been, I don't know if it was intentional, but you've been to cultures that are very different than yours in so many ways. Yeah, uh, by design. Uh, I've actually never been to Europe because uh, solely because uh, 
I, I do plan to go uh, one day, definitely. But uh, for me, Europe, uh, it'll always be there and it'll, it'll always be Europe. Uh, I really, really wanted to spend um, my youth uh, traveling to countries where uh, maybe it'd be a bit more difficult to do so when I'm older uh, or just less desirable. So I really wanted to go while I had that desire and that fire in me to uh, really explore and uh, get outside of my comfort zone, uh, be hot, be muggy, uh, be dirty and uh, have those kind of trips uh, while I still can. Well, you are definitely a man after my own heart. I love traveling that way myself. And it's a way to really immerse yourself into that environment and that culture and and being open to what you were saying, to recognize that people are people and they're not there to judge you or make you feel bad or anything. They want to welcome you and, and be a part of it. Yeah, absolutely. For the most part, for sure. Uh, and, you know, that's, that's really something that I realized on my trips. But uh, like I said, people, people are people, you know, they're, they're not so different from you, no matter where they come from, no matter the way they live uh, currently. Uh, and that really just helped me, you know, into my adulthood, uh, broaden my horizons in that way, uh, and really just see people for, uh, you know, the, the human beings that they are, and not uh, as foreigners or as people from, from the other countries, but really uh, understanding them on a human level. And I would say today, given the circumstances of our global situations, being able to travel, being able to be in those types of situations and opening that worldview is is critically important. Yeah, I think so. I think uh, obviously the, the, uh, the privilege to travel is not available to everybody. I think uh, even uh, if you if you took the whole uh, whole world population, maybe not even one percent have uh, the the privilege to be able to to buy plane tickets and travel. So uh, it really is. Uh, I really do uh, take it as a, an immense privilege that I have and that I had uh, to be able to go out. But yeah, absolutely, it it definitely builds a, a much more connected worldview. Uh, I think. And I, yeah, I like to tell people too that. Certainly, getting on a plane, buying a plane ticket, going to another country is great. I mean, it is a privilege. I agree. However, I also encourage people, you know, to get in their car and drive to the next county over. Absolutely. Yes, yes. People, and especially given the size of countries like the U.S. and Canada, it can can often feel like you're in another country uh, when you're just going one state over. You know, it could be be the socioeconomic reality, but, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's, and it could be a lot cheaper even to travel uh, overseas, uh, given some domestic flight tickets these days. But uh, definitely, definitely, I think uh, traveling domestically first is is a great start. So, Josh, you have a website. Is there a way people can hook up with you and connect with you and see some of your yeah, work and yeah. your blogs? Yes, uh, I have a website, uh, www.joshuajung.ca. I'm quite... Uh, quite reserved on social media, so I won't be sharing that. But uh, my website, absolutely, people can go check out my writing. Uh, if people want to read about my travels. I have guides up there from different countries that I've been to uh, that people may find helpful, definitely. www.joshuajung.ca. And I do want to say that, I want to say this again, your writing, I just, I really love your writing, Josh, because thank you. you are talking from your from your heart and your soul, and you've got that open mind of being able to see things in a really bigger way, but put it out there in a way that we can we can appreciate it. But I but I want to just say your photography is really 
pretty top-notch. What kind of camera are you using when you go travel? <laughs> well, I'm embarrassed to say, I mean, I most for the most part, I use uh, just my smartphone, but uh, I, I do uh, have a mirrorless camera that I take uh, with me, but I, I would uh, give credit mostly to uh, my smartphone for that. And the power of editing these days, uh, I think anyone can really look like a semi-decent photographer, uh, you know, if you really try. So thank you for that. that of course, funny. I would say yeah. even more than a semi. Uh, those are great. And sometimes some of them just look like you, just your eye of being able to to get really right into the culture and being able to let us kind of put ourselves in your place. Really nice. So I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Of course. Well, Josh, I have really enjoyed talking to you and getting to know you a little bit better and uh, certainly encourage everybody to go to your website, do a little bit of reading of your blogs and getting an idea. I, I, I just think that you are, you're just, you really have a worldview of things. And I can't tell you how much I appreciate you putting it out there for us to share. It's my absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for having me uh, on your podcast, Marilyn. All right. Well, thank you, Josh, for being here on Speaking of Travel and safe travels when you start venturing out again. Thank you very much. You as well. Well, if you've ever dreamed of traveling like Josh and are thinking about maybe Hawaii, coming up next are Lisa Van and Ben Kruger. They're the owners of Huli Sue's BBQ and Grill right here in the Grove Arcade in Asheville. So they've had this long success with a restaurant in Hawaii, and they're carrying that tradition from what they started way out there in the middle of the Pacific. So discover how the spirit of aloha is alive and well in their way of living and being, and most of all, treating others. So stay tuned. Whether you're traveling to points near or far or traveling on a life journey, every transition is an opportunity regardless of your stage of life. If you, a family member, or a loved one is looking to downsize, retire, or buy or sell a home, contact your trusted Mountain Community Advisor, Janet Oppenheimer, from Nest Realty in Asheville. As a senior real estate specialist, Janet will help and guide you through any life transition one step at a time. Contact Janet at nestrealty.com today, helping you find that perfect home to fit your next journey. Nest Realty. It's summertime in Subieville, which means it's time for adventure here in Western North Carolina, or more aptly, time to get outdoors and outgoing down a road less traveled. When the going gets tough, the tough get going, and off the beaten path, nothing says tough like the tried and true reliability of an all-wheel drive Subaru. There's a reason why 97% of Subarus sold in the last 10 years are still on the road today and ready for the next adventure. Discover the beauty of all-wheel drive at Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road, Nashville, or visit us online at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. So a couple of years ago, I went to Hawaii to deliver a presentation on how people can get a better understanding of how their aloha spirit can attract special people to this special place. 
The word aloha is the most recognized of all Hawaiian words. In its simplest use, it means hello, welcome, or goodbye. But the word to many Hawaiians can also be used to convey a much deeper and richer feeling, one that sums up a way of living, being, and most of all, treating others. My guests today are Lisa Van and Ben Kruger, owners of Huli Sue's Barbecue and Grill in the Grove Arcade right here in Asheville, North Carolina. They also have a restaurant in Hawaii, and they're carrying the tradition from what they started out in the middle of the Pacific right here in our region. And Lisa and Ben, it is so great to have you here on Speaking of Travel. Great Great to be be here. Well, I've been hearing a lot about Huli Su's and that yummy food with the Hawaiian vibes. So give me an idea of that aloha vibe and what it means to you both in Hawaii and Asheville and maybe the connection of the geographic locations. Well, you hit it on the um, nose when you said, you know, aloha means so much more than hello and goodbye. And that's the... um, the spirit we're, we're embodying at Huli Sue's and we found that in the little, you know, Asheville and the Blue Ridge Mountains already has so much aloha. There's such a great sense of community and um, support networks and just people helping each other with kindness and great, great camaraderie and support. And we, we were happy to bring that into our little restaurant in, in the Grove Arcade. Uh, I think that you'll feel and taste that with all of Ben's food, he's the chef and he's created most of our dishes um, throughout the bright Hawaiian flavors that weave in some of our mainland mainland foods, such as Texas barbecue, it's where the South meets Hawaii, uh, and bringing basically both communities together through our food and our drink and, uh, and our service. Well, it sounds like there's a nice vibe going on over there. It seems like you were able to incorporate that uh, Hawaii connection right here to Asheville. But I'm curious, Ben, how in the world did you create a barbecue that could actually hold up to a Hawaiian type of food? Well, the barbecue itself was more Texas style. And... um one of the difficult things we had when we launched the restaurant over here was how we were going to um, explain to people how that fit in with, you know, our Hawaiian roots and where we're from over on the Big Island. And um, it's very simple where we're from over in Waimea. is um, We're from a cowboy town over there. And uh, so, you know, the barbecue just works. And um, so, I mean, our, our barbecue is, you know, it's done kind of in traditional fashions. Uh, we bring uh, Hawaiian flavors in through our sauces and uh, some of the dry rubs that we use. Um, and then just some of the sides and, you know, the, the different uh, things we've incorporated over here. We do have, you know, a Hawaiian mixed plate menu that we've launched here that, you know, has uh, kind of doesn't incorporate the barbecue at all, but it's just kind of a brand new section. And uh, we thought the people of Asha would really enjoy it. And uh, that's proving to be the case. Well, how long were you living in Hawaii? I mean, how are you from Hawaii? Give us a little backstory here. So neither of us are from Hawaii. Lisa's from Toronto, Canada. And I'm from the Pacific Northwest area, north of Seattle and the San Juan Islands. So I, I did grow up on an island, not from Hawaii, though. Um, we both uh, moved to Hawaii around 2004. And uh, we're there until 2019, so about 15 years. 
And what made you decide to come to Asheville in Western North Carolina? Uh, being a blended family, we uh, both daughters uh, graduated high school from the same year. And uh, they had expressed an interest in attending East Coast schools. So when they were accepted, we knew that uh, it was time that our time in Hawaii was going to be over. And we were looking for a place to, you know, set roots down and uh, found Asheville. We wanted to be closer to the girls. Yeah. And, you know, we love the outdoors. So we were looking up in the mountains and, you know, obviously, you know, being restaurateurs, we were looking for specific demographics, tourist wise, and, you know, size of the town and that sort of thing. And Asheville just fit the bill. And then, of course, once we visited and just kind of felt that, you know, that community that Asheville has here that felt so much like Hawaii, it was, um, you know, after three days visiting, we knew this was the place we were going to move and, and set down roots. And let me interject to say that there is definitely a draw that we didn't um, didn't know about from Hawaii to Asheville because once we did open, we realized the connection between uh, the Hawaiian Islands and the Hawaiian people and the people of the Blue Ridge Mountains are quite strong. Every day in the restaurant, we get multiple families who have either from the islands who have lived there, who have been to our restaurant, who uh, we have a family who come and dance hula a couple of times a month. Uh, there, there's a strong connection there that we weren't aware of, maybe on a subconscious level. And so we, we just feel like we landed at home, really extending our, our time in, in Hawaii to Asheville. And Lisa, you had mentioned about the support and the just the camaraderie of the people who are here, especially in the food and beverage community and the hospitality industry here. How, how are you connecting with all of that? So one, it's really unrivaled by any of the experiences we've had. I've lived in um, Tokyo. I was in the restaurant business in Tokyo and Hawaii and now Asheville. And I've never seen quite the support system and the generosity and the, the community helping each other with resources and just knowledge and shared experiences. Uh, so we, you know, in, in the Grove Arcade, there's several restaurants. The Grove Arcade has designed this the area that we're in as restaurant row and everyone on that strip is just so generous and welcoming and yeah supportive so we and, and the restaurants in town and about town we find just really really open to help new people come in and be part of the community i'm on the board of air Asheville uh, independent restaurants and uh, not being being quite new to Asheville, it was a surprise that i was invited but just being part of that organization and seeing how there is an established association to support each other is quite unique to uh, this area. I am so glad to hear that. We're big fans of the Asheville Independent Restaurant Association, and I love to hear these stories of collaboration and and working together, especially pa these past couple of years. So how can people get more information? How can we uh, find out more about the the place and, and even come on over and eat there? Well, we're next to Asheville proper um, in the Grove Arcade, One Page Avenue. Um, we're located on the outside of the building. A lot of people get confused about that. As far as online presence, you can uh, visit hulisuesbbq.com. Of course, you know, we have a pretty unique name. So just a Google search will turn up all kinds of information about us. Um, you know, Instagram, Facebook, everywhere else that people are these days. 
Let me add, we don't need reservations to come into the restaurant. We're open to everyone. We reserve a big part of the restaurant for just walk-ins. We have outdoor dining, indoor dining, a full bar. Uh, we are closed Tuesdays and Wednesdays. But yes, I think we're quite accessible to anyone, families, couples, older people, younger people, uh, people with disabilities. We're open to everyone. Well, I'll tell you, I am really looking forward to getting over there for some good food and good company, and it sounds like some pretty good times. So, Lisa and Ben, thank you so much for being here on Speaking of Travel today, and like I said, I am really looking forward to to getting over there. Aloha. 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 Well, thank you again to Lisa and Ben. Coming up next to share some perspective on how airports are meeting rising passenger traffic is Tina Kinsey at the Asheville Regional Airport. If you're thinking of traveling or have a trip plan, you're going to want to hear this. So stay tuned. Summertime is the perfect time to get out and explore North Carolina's Blue Ridge Mountains. Create your perfect vacation or staycation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com Travel Guide covers a nearly 100-mile radius in and around Asheville, North Carolina. With idyllic weather, beautiful scenery, and a variety of safe and memorable adventures. Western North Carolina is the place to be. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. Hello, fellow travel lovers. This is Toby Brown with Outdoor Africa. You may have heard me on Speaking of Travel in the past, as Marilyn and I love to get together and talk about all the exciting things happening with travel in Africa, particularly safari travel. If those conversations have piqued your interest, then I have some exciting news. Marilyn and I have put our heads together and come up with a fantastic safari to South Africa, and we want you to join us. This coming March 2023, we will be traveling to some of the great parks in northern South Africa to see the stunning wildlife and beautiful landscapes, and then jumping down to Cape Town for wine, penguins, and Table Mountain. So if a small group safari is on your bucket list, then visit speakingoftravel.net to learn more or contact me directly at toby at outdoor-africa.com or by phone at 828-216-1515. That's 828-216-1515. Join us on Safari and we can't wait to Safari with you. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You know, I'm connecting to a lot of travelers these days. And I'll tell you, with everything that's being reported about summer travel woes, there really are a lot of people traveling. And I mean really getting into it and taking their big bucket list trips. Well, I heard the annual world airport travel forecast predicts that flight passenger traffic growth is going to continue at a consistent average rate 
year after year after year. It doesn't seem like we're going to go backwards. In fact, industry figures suggest this could mean that annual passenger numbers reach 10 billion international travelers and 11 billion domestic passengers by 2040. Well, good Lord, what in the world? With people traveling so significantly, what are airports doing to meet this rising demand? Well, to get some perspective on airport solutions, into meeting these rising passenger traffic things that are going on is Tina Kinsey, the Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development at the Asheville Regional Airport. And Tina, thank you so much for always coming on board, literally coming on board and helping us keep caught up with what's going on in the industry these days. Yeah, sure thing. It's always great to be here. Well, Tina, it seems like there is a lot of talk out there about the increase in passenger demand on flights. And I'm sure you're seeing that right there at the Asheville Regional Airport. So how are things unfolding as far as the anticipation that there's going to be more as the years go on? Well, you know, we we watch numbers very carefully. We watch trends. We talk to the airlines routinely. And we're, we're looking out really far because we have to as an airport. We have to make long-term master plans. And so we've seen this, you know, indicators of this kind of growth for a while. You know, there are some things that come along that shake things up for a little while. I think we know of a really big one that happened in 2020. But what we are seeing is complete recovery plus and the the demand for travel is very strong. The planes are incredibly full, even though we continue to have more and more capacity added into our market. So, you know, all those indicators that support what you just said, you know, the people like to travel and we don't see that slowing down. Well, it seems like you've had long-term plans going on there at the airport for, for a while in fact, for many years. And with the addition of this expansion that's going to be happening and just all these new flights that are coming into our region, I mean, that seems to be all part of a plan. And the plan is all starting to work and come together. It is. It, it's it's working very well. Uh, it's, it has accelerated. You know, it's happening faster than we thought it would happen. And so that does present some short-term, you know, logistical challenges, and we certainly work on those. So parking is one example. Our parking lots are filling up because when people fly, they drive here to uh, arrive at the airport. So we need a place for all of those cars and we need places for all the airplanes that are coming in. So we need more airplane parking. And so, you know, we've definitely been building to accommodate this growth um, and we've got some short-term, medium-term and long-term plans in place to help accommodate all this growth that's happening. Well, I've always looked at the Asheville Regional Airport as a place of progressive vision that when, you know, you brought up two years ago, 2020, you had to turn on a dime and the airport was there to enable everybody who had to get in and out of an airport to get in and out safely. You had, you know, new technologies come in. It was all turnkey. And here you are now looking out for the interests of 
all of us who are privileged to be able to even get on an airplane and go on a trip or a vacation, I I just want to really stress that it could be a little stressful. There could be times during this change and growth that people are going to have to accommodate to what you've got going on. And I think being patient and you have said it many times, arriving early, right? I mean, even starting early. Absolutely. You know, I go down into the terminal often and I try to go down when we have a lot of happening at one time. And, you know, I'll go down a little before and just take a look and see what's happening. And lines can get long, you know, a lot, uh, if you haven't flown in a while, yes, Asheville Regional Airport is a small hub airport. You know, we're not a Charlotte, but the lines can get long. It just really depends on what's going on. So you need to be aware of that and be a savvy traveler and always, always, always arrive at least two hours before your flight. Well, there are so many things to be just mindful of as we move forward. I do want to do a little shout out though, Tina, because in the midst of all this change and growth and accommodating and having to turn on a dime and everything, you still have fun over there at the Asheville Regional Airport. And I want to talk about your 5K coming up because last year was the first time you'd done it in a while and it was such a huge success. And I just, I I think it's such a great way for the community to come together. Give us a little deets on that one. Sure. Yeah. So we are hosting another Runway 5K. We brought it back last year after a long, long hiatus because we have a taxiway right beside our active runway that we are able to use for for this event. And we're hosting it on October the 15th this year. So there's time to plan. Registration is open. All the information is on our website, but it is such a fun morning because you get to, you get to go out and run right beside the active runway. Planes are taking off and landing. It was fun to see people last year running with their cell phones up in the air because they were taking video of the airplanes right beside them. You know, I mean, it's it's a unique experience. It really is. And it's a way for us to invite the community out and just be aviation buffs for the day. Uh, You know, we, we who work in aviation, we tease that we have jet fuel in our blood. We get so excited when we hear an airplane, uh, something that maybe we haven't heard for a while, we run to the window still you know, just to see what's out there. It's exciting. It's fun for families. So we really do encourage the community to to come on out and participate. And Tina, you mentioned your website. How can people get more information, not only on the 5K, but on the new flights coming in and out? You always have new ones. There's so much going on over there. What's the best way to get in touch? Uh, Our website is flyavl.com, and you should be able to find any information you need right there. Well, Tina, thank you so much for keeping us updated, and I'll look forward to having you back and finding out what's new. It's really important, I feel, for people who are travelers or want to be travelers to be up to date and current with what's going on out there. And certainly at the Asheville Regional Airport, you are literally the eyes and ears for us. So thank you so much for being a part of Speaking of Travel. 
always a pleasure. All right. Well, thank you, Tina. And thanks to all my guests for being on Speaking of Travel this week. Well, now that I'm back from my big trip out of the country, I'm trying to keep the magic alive by looking at my photos and remembering those precious moments and dreaming of being there again. One thing that I think about that always brings a smile to my face is the food and the people who are putting all their love into the food. You know, the local enthusiasm to share food is just a part of their culture. In fact, in some cultures, it's not unusual for families to invite people over, even people they just met. Food is a labor of love, and when you travel, love is poured into the food, and you find yourself at the intersection of humanity and hospitality. So wherever you are, make this the summer you share a meal with people you maybe wouldn't normally eat with. Anthony Bourdain said, food may not be the answer to world peace, but it's a start. Remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. 